The final round of the season is underway, and to borrow a line from Lee Montagna, the Tatum turnaround is complete. The Hawks are in the finals. The question now is how high can they fly? There is injury trouble for Perth, a huge weekend ahead, and it starts tonight with a season-shaping matchup, a win and you're in between Brisbane and New Zealand. All that and more is coming right up. This is NBL Now on the final Friday of the regular season. Joel Peterson and Liam Santamaria in your ears to break it all down. Good morning, Liam. Morning, Joel. Uh, great to be back with you and uh, great to be with you after what was a, a great night last night in Wollongong and, and an exciting round coming up ahead over the next couple of days. What a remarkable story this is. The the Illawarra Hawks are headed to the postseason after being 2-7, and seven, firing their coach. Justin Tatum comes in. They galvanise that roster, and uh, they're a chance to lock up fourth spot on Sunday. I mean, this is uh, this is a remarkable turnaround, and uh, a credit to that that team and that organisation, and and the city of Wollongong for really getting behind their Hawks. Well said, absolutely. They're, they're the fairy tale story, aren't they? They are the Cinderella story of NBL twenty four, the Hawks. And make no mistake, Joel, Justin Tatum is the fairy godmother. Because he has come in and completely transformed this team. They were, um, they were lying on the bottom of the ladder, two and seven. Uh, they were a shambles, really. And the expectation was, here we go again after what was a tough year last year. And then, boom, Tatum gets elevated to interim head coach. And like the fairy godmother, he transformed this team. He transformed their defense. He transformed Tyler Harvey. He transformed their belief and their self-worth and feelings to that effect. And then most importantly, I think, he transformed Gary Clark. And he turned Gary Clark from a, an import that came in loaded with potential to one of the, the absolute stars of the league. So the cool part about this is they've now arrived at the ball. And uh, what takes place there now is going to be very fun to watch. Yeah, the clock might have not have struck midnight quite yet, but it's about 11.45 and things are really starting to ramp up uh, for for the Illawarra Hawks. Um, they, they've obviously got that fourth spot in, sort of in their keeping for now. They can finish fourth or fifth. New Zealand can still climb as high as fourth. Uh, we'll get to some of those sort of permutations as we go through. Interesting to note Chase Buford on Twitter last night, of course, the, the Sydney Kings two-time championship winning coach said, uh, with all credit and due respect to Dean, his group's been terrific all year, but this just about wraps up the NBL Coach of the Year conversation. That in reference to Justin Tatum, do you agree with him? I absolutely agree. And, and, and Dean's been fantastic. You always need to look at the top of the table and say, well, what's happened with that team right up the top? And they've been terrific. They were dominant at times. They found it a little tough during that stretch in January when they went on the road. Um, but, you know, he's done a terrific job with a talent-laden team, getting them to play at, the, at a high level and avoiding the disease of me. Um, they haven't become selfish in any way, shape or form through their success. But what Justin Tatum's done in Illawarra, I think, is deserving of the Lindsay Gaze Trophy. He's 12 and 6. So he's a winning percentage of 67%, Joel. He's won double the amount of games that he's lost. And this is taking over a team, as I said earlier, that was two and seven and wallowing at the bottom of the table at that time. And not only has he transformed their season and turned them around to where they've been a tough beat, 
They're now a team nobody wants to play in the playoffs. Does Tassie want to play them in a 3-4? Do you want to take, you know, you want them to come in and play you in a semi-final series? Perth certainly don't. We know that for darn sure. So, uh, yeah, I think he's, he's definitely, you know, he hasn't coached the entire year, but I think he's deserving of coach of the year. In a way, it makes it harder, the fact that he hasn't made, coached the, the entire year. Um, on the, on the Perth factor, so three losses to the Hawks, 18, 18, 16, and it was a, a Mason Peatling missed tip away with about six seconds left from being 18 again. Um, and, and so this, this Wildcats team has been a little bit inconsistent over the last sort of three or so weeks. Um, injury to Christian Doolittle, so he's having scans um, in Wollongong overnight. John really said in the press conference they weren't really sure where that was at with his shoulder. Bryce Cotton had some knee-on-knee contact late in the game. Hopefully he is okay, at least for the playoffs after a little bit of an injury layoff. But the injuries aside, have you got? Is there any concerns over Perth and just the way that they're tracking at the moment as we get to the business end? The concern for the Wildcats over and above the injuries, which are genuine concerns that did not look good with Christian Doolittle last night. And he's an important piece to that puzzle. He's their best defensive player. He's their Swiss army knife at both ends of the floor. He's their glue. So that's a huge concern because I think there's a, I'm no doctor, neither are you, but neither is Brad Rosen who went down that road last night on the broadcast. But there's, the genuine possibility when a guy comes out in a sling like that, that that could be bad news. And of course, we hope Bryce is okay. So over and above the injuries, the concern is the same concern it's been over the course of the year. And it's reared its ugly head from time to time. They can be a really poor rebounding team. And they got absolutely blasted on the glass last night. They're last in the league in defensive rebounding percentage over the course of the season. They give others extra possessions. And some teams like Illawarra, really stick their finger in that saw and they turn it around. And, you know, they blasted them 57 to 35 on the boards overall, but 20 offensive rebounds. Um, It was way too many. It was an issue all game long. And the the Hawks, through their energy and their effort uh, in that space and others, were able to outplay the Wildcats. So that's not just a concern for them in that matchup. It's a concern for them any time they step out on the floor because they haven't been good at it over the course of the season on a consistent basis. So we go from, from one massive game last night that saw the Hawks seal their, their destiny to another tonight that is essentially, and it's not exactly, but it is essentially for Brisbane and New Zealand, win and you're in. There is a, a scenario in which New Zealand can uh, win this game and still not make the playoffs if Adelaide beat them by about 165 points on Sunday, <laughs> which, you know, unlikely to happen. But uh, but this boils down to Brisbane win. They can't be knocked out of the playoffs with or the, for the finals with 14 wins. New Zealand win. They are more than likely to be there as well. So we've arrived at an elimination final early. Ah. Uh- not entirely, right? Like New Zealand, actually, if they lose, they can still beat Adelaide in that final game and get themselves yep. in. But, you know, certainly it feels that way for Brisbane, doesn't it? Um, they're going to be very, very nervous if they lose. But if you do win this game, like you say, you will have essentially found yourself in the postseason like the Hawks last night. Massive game. Oh, man. It's really hard to pick. I mean, obviously, the Breakers have that home court advantage. 
They have the emotion of Tom Abercrombie and his retirement announcement this week. But the Brisbane Bullets as well, whilst they have had some difficulty and some you know important moments over the course of the season and in some clutch situations, they've also, and I feel like this has slid a little under the radar, they've also come up big in some big moments as well. Like last week and Nathan Sobey's terrific performance and how that team got over Adelaide. Um, like um, you know, some other situations over the course of the season that has resulted in them building the having 13 wins. You don't get that by accident. So they've been a quality team at in large chunks of the season as well. So it all sets itself up for a barn burner tonight. Early for us, 5.30 Australian Eastern Daylight Time. But man, wrap work up on a Friday afternoon and settle yourself in for what's going to be a cracking contest. So two games so far this season, you go back right to the start of the season. I think it was New Zealand's home opener when they lost to the Bullets by five, 84 to 89. And then they came back to Brisbane two days after Christmas and won 81 to 71. So that's the that sort of sets the table for tonight. So two relatively close games, not high scoring, um, but this is so important. Um, I mean, particularly for Brisbane, because you, you sort of outline the scenario where New Zealand lose and um, and they can still make it. But Brisbane's, yeah. Brisbane's season goes through this game, and I'd say the residents of Brisbane Island would be uh, they'd be it'd be tense in the in the capital of that particular uh, landmass this morning. This is the type of moment um, that I backed Brisbane in for that. They, they feel like coming into the start of the season, they felt like a little bit of like a Tassie type team where they're going to be a really tough beat and they're going to be solid. And solid gets you a lot of wins in the NBL. And the question is, can they be solid enough tonight? Can they be solid enough defensively to make life tough for Parker Jackson Cartwright and keep him off the foul line? Can they be solid enough on the glass to make sure that they limit the breakers to uh, one possession each and every time down the floor. And then the huge question mark is can they be solid enough from long range? Because they're last in the league in three-point percentage and they have had some games where they've been bone dry from three-point territory. you got to hit shots in big games and they're going to need Nathan Sobey and Sam McDaniel and guys like Josh Bannon and Isaac White, Chris Smith in a big way to come out and knock a few down. Yeah, they're going to need plenty of help tonight. So that is the early game. Then the late game is Cairns and Melbourne. Uh, Cairns looking to finish their season on a high. We know Melbourne, it's been an emotional week with the retirement of Brad Newley. Of course, he was on an episode of NBL Now. If you haven't listened to that yet, he and Jack did a great job to break down his career. And as did uh, Jack and Andrew Mulligan earlier in the week talking about Tom Abercrombie as well. So uh, a couple of special editions of NBL Now in the feed from earlier this week. But essentially, the Taipans looking to uh, just finish this season in a positive way. Yeah, in front of their home fans, who were always really great. So hopefully they can do that. They, they may or may not win, but hopefully they can come out and, and put on a really good performance. I actually thought that they did that in Perth last week for three and a bit quarters. They were right there, and then it all just fell away. So can they do it for 40 minutes tonight um, and have their play um, be the focus? Not whatever's been going on with Jim McCall and Adam Ford. Like this stuff sort of, it does happen from time to time at end of seasons for teams that are not in the playoffs. And they're going to go their different directions and that'll be that. But can they come out and can guys like Bull Quall and Bobby Clintman and Sam Wardenberg, these guys step up, play well and give Melbourne a real run for their money? 
well, they've done it twice already this season. Um, the interesting fact, you know, you, you look through these games and Illawarra had beaten Perth twice already this season. South East Melbourne's beaten Sydney twice already this season and Cairns have beaten Melbourne twice already this season. So they fit into that bracket. Let's talk about South East Melbourne and Sydney. It's the early game on Saturday and it's, uh, it again, Sydney season absolutely goes through this game. Um, if Brisbane win... Uh, if, sorry, if Brisbane lose tonight, then they need Sydney to lose this game. If Brisbane win tonight, then New Zealand needs Sydney to lose. They need to win too. It's, it's got a bit more riding on it than just the Kings, but essentially if the Kings are to make it, this is it. Somebody will be cheering hard for South East Melbourne. Let's yep. put it that way. <laughs> and um, for the Kings, man, you just got to go in there and win. You, if you lose, you're on 12 uh, wins and you're not going to get in with 12 wins. That's the you know that's the bottom line here. Um, so, oh man, the, the irony of the fact that this game is against Southeast Melbourne uh, because that was the low point of their season three or four weeks ago, and now they not only get a chance to to lock themselves into the playoffs uh, into the the postseason with a win against them, they get to kind of. Um, exercise those demons in the process. There's word bubbling around Southeast Melbourne that Mitch Creek might be back for this final game. He's a chance, I'm told, a very good chance. So that changes things. I think without Creek, they couldn't beat the Kings and spoil the party. But with him, they're every chance. So that's going to be a fascinating one on Saturday night where the, the, the Phoenix will be trying to shape the postseason despite the fact that they can't make it in themselves. And with Creek, we know that they can beat the, the, the Sydney Kings, and we've seen that, and, and that Sydney haven't got up for these games, right? So even Illawarra last week, eight or nine days rest at home, Illawarra come in, whack, thanks very much. We've seen this repeatedly from the Kings, that they've had these big opportunities, and they have, for whatever reason, they haven't found the necessary desire, motivation, energy, intent to go out there and win it. That's the challenge for them for a start on Saturday is to come ready to go. Well, my question is, do those guys want it? Do enough of those key guys actually want to make the postseason and extend their year in the purple and gold? Some of them may not want to be there. Some of them may want the season to be over so that they can go on to something else because and and they don't want to extend it. I'm fascinated to watch the way in which they come out to see if that desire and energy um, and and focus is there like it was for the Illawarra Hawks last night. Uh, the late game Saturday, a potential playoff preview of sorts, Tassie in Perth. Um, if things go to plan sort of as seedings-wise, then that's two and three. They would meet in a playoff series in the first week of the finals. This stage of the season, can you take much out of a, a, a final round matchup between two likely playoff combatants, Liam? Yeah, it's going to be interesting to see how both sides go about it. I don't expect much change from the Jack Jumpers. Scott Roth just, you know, they just put their hard hat on and grab their lunch pail and go to work. Um, but what does the what do the Wildcats look like? Is Doolittle in uniform? Is Bryce Cotton in uniform? It's going to be really interesting to see. I'm really looking forward to it because it's going to be my first time at my State Bank Arena. So hopefully the locals are uh, warm and welcoming and. Uh, I'm really looking forward to getting a, a, a personal sense of what that atmosphere is like. Well, I, I can guarantee that the locals in Tassie will be welcoming. I can't guarantee it'll be warm. 
<laughs> but we'll see. That's uh, going to be a fun one on Sunday, uh, Saturday night. And then, of course, our two games on Sunday, you and I will be at John Kane Arena for Melbourne and Illawarra. Um, and then Adelaide and New Zealand. Look, we could go through every single permutation in the book, but there's no point talking about those two games until we know a little bit more about what happens tonight. Um, the Hawks can lock up fourth with a win. Things might break that they can get there anyway, and then we know that New Zealand might get there anyway before they even get to Sunday. But again, we get to this situation, Liam, where the final game of the season could could shape how the whole thing shape, shakes out. It will. It will. Adelaide, New Zealand, uh, the back end of the doubleheader on Sunday – It'll decide it. It'll decide it. Maybe New Zealand need a win. Maybe they need a win by a certain amount. Maybe they need to make sure that they don't lose by a certain amount. Either way, it's going to come down to that final game. And there's a bit of jostling to go on in the meantime. Uh, weekend headlines. Uh, now, I, I I was going on a certain path, and then we have a little sort of pre-production meeting before these podcasts, and there was one particular, um, one particular idea that got quashed by Rowan, absolutely oh. quashed. It got slammed. It got, no, that's no good. Oh, wow. I may have been going down that road. Um, there may have been a little bit of extra mayo on it, but uh, I'm, I'm not going to go there down that road, so I'm going to let you open things up. Okay. You sound a little nervous. I'm a bit flat. Okay? I'm a bit okay? flat. A bit, yeah, just a bit self-conscious about the whole thing now, Liam, but that's all right. Okay. Well, I'm going straight to that Southeast Melbourne-Sydney game, and I'm imagining a world where Mitch Creek and the Phoenix rise up again and beat the Kings and deny them a spot in the postseason. And I'm picturing the back page of the Daily Telegraph the following day above an article written by Matt Logue. Maybe the former Sydney King Tim Morrissey was involved in creating the headline, Royal Crumble. Yes, that's nice. That's nice. Um, well, I mean, you could go in a, you could go in a, 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 a lot of ways. I think the Daily Telegraph's the the one to go with here. It could be just massive font. I'm just massive font of dethroned. That was what I was going with originally. It could be, you know, mm-hmm. the king has fallen. Um, there's there's opportunities there. But if the Hawks do finish fourth, mm. I'm going to go back to a headline. I actually, because you know, the Illawarra Mercury, it's a, it's a great publication. But as a sub editor, I'm lazy, so I'm just going to go back to one that worked earlier in the season. A few weeks ago, when they first got into fourth spot, it was Hawks saw into fourth. I'm just going to go back to, and we're just going to run that again. And we're going to go into the playoffs. The Hawks are in fourth. They are flying high. There's going to be every bird pun in the first few lines of that uh, of that um, particular article. And then we're going to get to the, the postseason. We're going to have the claws out. Feathers will fly. And away we go. <laughs> I like it. I like the way you worked your way through that. Yeah, it's uh, it's all good fun. Hey, it's going to be a hell of a weekend. It's uh, it's it's all lining up to be pretty special. It starts tonight, five thirty. Get in front of the TV. Get dinner in early or takeaway late or whatever you need to do. Five thirty Eastern Daylight Time, Brisbane Illawarra, and it all starts there. And we'll just see how it unfolds. Thanks, Joe. Can't wait. Good fun, Liam. Look forward to seeing you on Sunday. Enjoy Tassie on Saturday. Enjoy your weekend, everyone out there. Thanks for sticking with us for a little bit longer this morning. So much to talk about and so much to watch across this round in the Hungry Jacks NBL.